Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a veteran viewer and a virgin viewer of all things horror break down some of your favorite scary movies thematically. My name is Cindy. I'm Josh. Yay, and with each movie he scares me a little bit closer and I get closer and closer to death. Yeah. This um, month. Well, it, here's the deal. Okay. It's the end of the month. Of October. Last or week, November. We're recording this the week before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but this episode will come out the week after Thanksgiving. So, as we're American, <laughs> ha- Merry Christmas! Yeah, exactly. It's now Christmas season. It's over. Well, okay. ha- Halloween, technically. Halloween's over. Yeah. But uh, that's why today we are going to watch and talk about mm-hmm. Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Okay. You are very excited about this movie. You got a, uh, what, it, like a, a special Blu-ray or something that I'm supposed to be happy, excited about to be watching. The, no? This I got the. Uh, well, I have the Scream Factory release. So. Okay. More on that in a moment. Let's talk about Black Christmas. Okay. And the year it came out. This movie was released December twentieth, nineteen seventy-four. Woo! What's going on in the world? Oh, yeah, because neither of us were alive. Nope. I was negative five. (laughs) Uh, I was negative eight. Math. Yes. Yay. Did it in my head. Look at me. proud of you. Uh, So 1974 was the year that Patty Hearst was kidnapped. Ooh. Remember that? No, but I know of it. I mean, in the news, you've seen the clips where she's shooting the gun. Yep. Yeah. Wearing that beret. Uh, Queen released Queen 2. Yes. The final episode of the Brady Bunch aired. Aww. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Hank Aaron beat Babe Ruth's home run record with yes. his 715th home run. The Heaven's Gate cult formed with uh, Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles, and nothing bad happened there Never. ever. Nope. They're fine. Everything was fine. Oh, um, shout out to Cindy's other favorite podcast. What's that? It's the year of the infamous Cleveland Tencent Beer Night. Oh, yay. <laughs> My other favorite podcast is The Dollop with Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. You should check that out on the All Things Comedy <laughs> Podcast Network, continue. Speaking of good things, yeah, uh, Nixon resigned. Yay! But yeah, Ford was, was sworn in. Well, right. uh, yeah, it's, uh, and then you win some, you lose some. The hot brand new toys that year were the Rubik's Cube, sweet, and Dungeons and Dragons. We do love those things. Yeah. So people that were born that year: Christian Bale, Olivia Coleman, Joel Edgerton, Michael Shannon, and Joaquin Phoenix. People we lost that year. Duke Ellington. Oh, really? And Walter Brennan. Who is Walter? He was an actor who's in a ton of westerns that I love. Okay, yeah. sorry. He's adorable and old. Okay. Like, I'd never seen him in a movie where he wasn't, like, a adorable thousand years old. old. Yep. Um, and then the movies of 1974 were... It's a good year for Mel Brooks, Cindy. Uh, 1974 was Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Yes. The Towering Inferno, Godfather 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre... Uh, Death Wish in Chinatown, uh, and, and this movie. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, which is very Canadian. This movie is Canadian. Okay. <laughs> um, dark Black Christmas. Sorry. Yeah. No, dark just, Dark Christmas. <laughs> sorry. It's the weird. That would be a spinoff. Weird, that's like the weird Walmart version that you can buy, like at Rite Aid. Great value. It's okay. the great value. Black, you know my favorite. Before we get into this, you know my favorite of all the big stores, what? Um, home brands. What? Because you know Walmart's is great value. Mm-hmm. Kroger, Kroger's is just the owl 
going, psst. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love it. I don't know why. It's so stupid. I never, like, psst. their private selection is supposed to be their main brand. But yeah, yeah, but they got the fucking psst, Al. The psst, Al. He's my favorite. Yeah, that goes, psst. Yeah, psst. This is a fucking deal, yo. Buy this shit. Um, okay. <laughs> this movie was directed by Bob Clark. Who an that? American who spent a lot of time in Canada in the 70s. Make your own decisions. Why? <laughs> okay. I mean, there was a Vietnam War and all. Yeah. Um, he's the guy who directed... He basically did three horror films in a row. Which three? He did Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, Death Dream, and then this movie. And then he was like, you know what? I'm fucking... I'm not doing any more horror movies. I'm done. He's not doing it. And then he did Porky's. <laughs> Porky's <laughs> 2 the next day. Oh, um, gosh. Oh, yeah. That's... A Christmas Story? Damn. Yeah, the guy who directed A Christmas Story also directed Black Pro- Christmas. And Porky's. He gave us two. two of the most important Christmas movies ever. Yeah. Uh, he also directed Rhinestone. The Sylvester Stallone movie? Yes. Okay. Baby Geniuses and Super no. Babies. Baby Geniuses 2. Um, no. Bob Clark, interesting dude that unfortunately I will never get a chance to meet because he was killed by a drunk driver oh, damn. Uh, in 2007. Damn. Shortly before his 68th birthday. Okay. Wow. Boo. That yeah, sucks. It's, a, it's super depressing too because I believe his son was in the car and they both died. Oh, well, way it's to bring whole, the podcast yeah, or whole thing. Right Merry now. Christmas. <laughs> Just <laughs> pull the uh, So there you go. That's who directed this movie. It was written by Roy Moore. Who got credit on all of the remakes. Really? And Yeah. It's like once you write the original, you get a yeah. story by credit on all the remakes. This movie just, I think it got, the last remake was last year. There's like two remakes. Really? Yeah. Okay. This movie, yeah. I've never heard of this movie. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the cast. All right. Is it a very Canadian cast as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Except for one very fucking cool distinction. All right. Uh, so the lead oh, is Olivia Hussey. Well, that's a great name. Yeah, she plays Jess. Uh, she was Juliet in the 1968 Romeo and Juliet movie. But our listeners would probably know her best as playing Norma Bates, Norman Bates's mom in Psycho for the Beginning, which is directed by Mick Garris, who also directed Critters 2. Didn't know that was a movie. Continue. Uh, and then we have Kira DeLea, who plays Peter. He was Dave in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay. Best part about this movie, what? he plays a man in his early 20s at college, and he was like 45 <laughs> when he made this. I love that shit. <laughs> okay. It makes me so happy. He's like, nice. yeah, he's like as old as the cops. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> damn here, kids, kid. damn kids. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's one. Margot Kidder. Oh, okay. Plays Barb. We'll see a lot with her. I just wrote Lois Lane down in my notes. Yeah. She's Lois Lane. That's what she'll always um, be. She's also in the Amityville Horror and Sisters and another childhood crush of Josh. Oh. Yep. Uh, okay. John Saxon is in this movie. Who's John I Saxon? Love sorry, I, John Saxon. Sorry, they didn't. They didn't uh, Lieutenant Ken Fuller. He's the dad in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. Uh, he's in Enter the Dragon. He's been in like a fuck ton of movies. Like as soon as you see him, you're going to be like, oh, that guy. I've seen him in like a million things. It's John Saxon. Okay. Like All right. John Saxon. I and just then clock that. This 
cast is huge, but I wanted to pull one additional person out mm-hmm. because we've talked about them before. Who's that? Uh, so Art Hindle is in this movie. He plays Chris Hayden. He was the husband in The Brood. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. And he's also That's in Porky's. So here's the thing. Um, and he's uh, Canadian, so I, that all checks out. I want you to keep this in mind as you watch this movie. All right. The clothing, the costumes in this movie. This was a low-budget movie, so a lot of the clothing was provided. By the actors themselves. By the actors themselves. All right. So there is a scene, a few scenes, where Art Hindle is wearing an insane fur coat. All right. And it was his fur coat. <laughs> It's like it's like a Joe Namath coat. Oh, like that kind of a fur coat. It's insane. I was just thinking like a trim. Nice. Like oh, I can't wait. <laughs> okay. It's like and he still owns it. Ooh, <laughs> things to look at, things to look for. Anything uh, else? Fuck this. Movie. Keep your eye out for. Um, there's. I'm afraid to mention anything else because this movie is the very a very 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 early form of this type of movie and what what would come in the 80s okay spoiler alert um all right all right so this is the part of the podcast where josh shows me an original poster from the movie and i try to tell you what it's going to be about so i think it's going to be about christmas continue uh if this picture doesn't make your skin crawl it's on too tight that's gross it's a woman in a wreath with a plastic bag on her face. Okay, so, huh. I'm gonna say this is about a Christmas party that ends up much the same way as your next did, where everyone okay. just tries to kill each other. Um, I will say that this movie gets a lot of, it gets credit, but I don't even think enough credit. Um, okay, for what? Halloween was 1979, and people always say, like, oh, Halloween kicked off the whole slasher thing. You think this movie did? There's There were slashers. There weren't a lot. Like, Halloween kicked off the slasher boom of All the right. 80s. But this movie... Um, I won't say helped create Halloween, but mm-hmm. it, it helped create the market for Halloween and kind of the blueprint for those type of movies. Okay. This is a very, very early slasher film. And it came out the same year as Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So oh, these are the yeah. two movies that were like, oh, fuck, we're making these now. All right. Where are we this watching is not, this movie? This is not as amped up as Texas Chainsaw, though, so don't. <laughs> well, all right. So we're watching it because you got a new special 4K Blu-ray, whatever. It's not 4K. It's just a regular old Oh, Blu-ray. I apologize. 2K. Uh, where 2K. else can people watch this movie? It's got 2Ks. Uh, Amazon, right? You could watch right. it on the you could watch it on the Amazons. Um, it was on Shutter at one point, so it's probably still on Shutter. I think Joe Bob did it last year for Christmas. Cool. So, all right. Well, let's go take a look uh, at this movie. I'm, hmm. All right. Uh, all right. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. My mother's taking a place up at Mont Holly's. Anyone else want to come? Yeah. Sounds like fun. Great. How about you, Claire? Uh, no thanks, Barb. I've made some other plans. Jingle bell, jingle bell, 
we're just having a little party. Hey, quiet! It's him again! Listen, you pervert, why don't you go over to Lamb of Kai? They could use a little of this. I was supposed to meet my daughter here. Her name's Claire Harrison. Do you know her? I'm sure you'll find her at the fraternity house. Have you seen Claire today? No one knows where she is. No, not since last night. Hello? Hello? Some of the girls are over here today, but I haven't seen Claire. Well, what the hell are you planning to do about it? 90% of the time, girls are reported missing from the college. They're at a cabin somewhere with a boyfriend. A high school girl's been murdered. Claude? 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 I really don't think it could be Peter. He's obviously upset about something. I'd like to talk to him. Can you tell me where I might reach him? The caller is in the house. Oh, come on, this is a sorority house, not a convent. Are you up there? Jess? You can't rape a townie. Welcome back. We watched Black Christmas. I got it right this time. I've been calling it Dark Christmas, and uh, much to Josh's chagrin. What did everyone think? Did everyone see the same similarities I saw? Anybody? Similarities. Similarities in what? To, like, Halloween, to Friday the 13th. No, not really. Like, what Friday the 13th kind of became, like what Jason became. Like, just kind of this idea of this undefeatable monster. You don't never see his face sort of a thing. That, yeah. That's yeah, all that. Except with Billy, which is what we're going to call our baddie in this the movie. The voice or the eye. We only see his eye. Mm-hmm. And, like, we see his point of view a lot. And he the, he has a lot of different voices. Could be. I, I, yeah. Okay. Like, he at first it was just like a kind of a voice but then there was like a little boy voice and like a little girl's voice and yeah it was weird weird. i'm i'm just glad that it wasn't the little child's voice that said i'm gonna stick my tongue up your pretty pink pussy oh that would have been bad i'm just glad just glad for the little things oh um i didn't even consider (laughs) that as an option city why don't you tell us the plot of this movie so we can talk about it okay um a killer Lives in the attic of a sorority house and slowly picks off the girls who find him there. <laughs> like a bungalow. And. Like he's got a whole apartment up there. Yeah, he really does. <laughs> I think that was a pretty um, spot on. IMDb has. What have you got? During their Christmas break, a, bro- a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. Mine was more fun. So yeah, it's essentially the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. We have a. Uh, murdering character our baddie who we see in pov right climb the audience into the house he climbs up onto the roof right. and then gets well climbs up to the roof 
goes in through the attic, then comes out of the attic and kind of moves around the house. The, and the audience knows that he's in the attic. They don't even know someone's missing. Like, they don't even yeah. realize and, and what's happening to the people He begins them. to pick people off, and the first girl he kills, like, it draws her dad into everything, and then her boyfriend. <laughs> There's a whole different thing. Uh, who was in The Brood and has an incredible fur jacket on. Yes. And then... You were right. We get a red herring with Kier Delea being, like, a pianist who's lost his mind. Yes. And we're like, oh, maybe he's the killer. Yeah, maybe he's the crazy guy living upstairs, because... It is kind of set up that and way. And he does have like a break where he smashes the piano. Well, that didn't even register with me that he was having a break because senior year of college can really do that to yeah. you. And hence why this. Uh, and we get Margot Kidder being like drunk. Yeah, let's talk and about we that. We think for she's a the lead character for a second and then yes. it's, she's not. And instead, it's Olivia Hussey who I struggle to pinpoint her accent. I'm not sure what it. What she was. is. Are you ready for this? Is that like maybe French Canadian? No. What? Olivia Hussey is, from what I understand, American and Argentinian. Ooh. So where's that accent come what, from? Is it Argentine? <laughs> I'm not sure. Argentinian is what uh, I've always said. So, I mean, they, they definitely have like that accent in Argentina. <laughs> um, not really. I've had, you know, when I worked at an international school... I was really lucky to have a very good friend, an Argentinian woman. Mrs. Jordanoff. She was so nice. Um, oh, yeah, you know, kind of it was, I guess. It, it is kind of an unusual... Oh, well. Yeah, it's kind of like whenever you hear a South African accent in a movie. Yeah, you're never and you're sure like, where to place it. And you're like, the fuck is that? It's British, but not? Josh is referring to me the other night in Elysium. Or in Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. Or everyone in that has that accent and you're like i don't at times this sounds really cool and other times it sounds real fucking dumb yeah um that's how musk speaks that's the history of south african accents in movies apologies to people in south africa yeah yeah um but to talk about this movie so it does predate a lot so this came out in 74 right yeah came out the same year around the same time as um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right. I think Texas we Chainsaw Massacre was 74, but earlier in the year. Yeah. Um, and then I th- the only other movie that really strikes me as being like earlier, significantly earlier, that has some of these tropes is Psycho. Yeah. Yes. Because I would say Psycho is really but the... But even Psycho, like, there's reasoning and you know who it is and what... Uh, but But you do have that misdirect of who's the lead character. You do have that for sure, and you do have a villain who is mentally disturbed, right? With multiple personalities, we don't get that with Billy. We don't know exactly what's wrong with him. We don't even see his face really. Nope. Um, Just an eye, and that is scarier because it is. the thing about Psycho is there was a face. as good as Psycho is, it puts the puzzle back in the box once it done mm-hmm. right it's like oh norman bates is crazy oh they caught him this crazy thing happened but he's locked up Over. now Correct. right like the world kind of returns to normal yeah and that's this one of the problems did, i had with this movie this movie um does two things really well um and, and one mean. is it it gives you this like it doesn't give you closure yeah it doesn't like the bad guy doesn't get caught or killed at the end yeah he's it alive so and you're like fuck he's gonna kill olivia hussey 
was not ready and for that. And two, unlike Halloween, because Halloween, I do love Halloween, like a lot. And Halloween has more pop culture currency, okay. especially now. Like, my God, there's what, oh, the 12 million. Halloween movies? There's oh, yeah. been You'd be the guy to ask about that. Two yeah. black Christmas remakes, and neither of the remakes have been that good. <laughs> This was um, a really good movie. Like, but unlike Halloween, which Halloween clearly borrowed some, like yeah, the opening think. of the killer in POV, that's right. Michael in the beginning of Halloween. But what Halloween did not take from this movie is everywhere Michael goes, there's fucking music playing. Yes. Like there's like, it's like the shark in yeah. Jaws. Like he you, his, you can, he's announced by the music. And it has a point. I mean, it does add to the tension and it does make you, because you end up scaring yourself more than this. But there's something to be said that this movie had no soundtrack at all. I think that's and scarier. It was silent. It's more like it feels like a documentary. Yes. Right. And it made it. So the the let's talk about the piano playing boyfriend for a minute who has like a breakdown during Cure Delea of 2001: A Space Odyssey. There you go. <laughs> uh, during his jury, and it sound you couldn't tell if he was playing beautiful music or if it was awful. Because there was no other music, there was no other sound, and so it was like, well, what is that? That doesn't sound right. Is it okay? No, that's not right. Did you catch yourself doing that? Yeah, I couldn't quite tell if he was doing well, or I, I could tell by his face he was unhappy with his performance. Yes. But there were moments where I was like, that doesn't sound bad, and then I'm like, oh, that sounds awful. Right, uh. and it was like, oh, it, it just it added to that. That's what first made me aware that there's no sound. That's what made me aware of like, oh. There's no soundtrack. It's all very, you don't know when the killer's coming. You don't know when, oh, yeah, like, creepy. Jaws really is the movie, in my mind at least, that does the thing of, like, there's going to be a theme that mm-hmm. is going to work to announce the arrival of the villain. Yes. Right? In Jaws, it's the shark, and every time the shark is coming to get someone, or it's going to eat someone, or it's in the vicinity, you get that Jaws theme. Yes. And it triggers your brain to go, oh, fuck, someone's going to die. And uh, Halloween does a very similar thing. Mm -hmm. Like, Halloween has so much score, which is the, that's not No, no, but I'm saying, like, Jason, like, (laughs) there's always a sound. Um, Also, you're right, I've been confused, but you know what I mean. Halloween goes to the exact opposite extreme where it almost Mickey Mouses itself at times where what do you mean you know like Mickey Mouse cartoons where like the music will play to what is happening on screen oh okay like bum 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 once people go up and down stairs shit like that there's like scenes uh, in Halloween where Michael's coming down the stairs and it's like bum bum like it's (laughs) it's doing that it's like there's a lot of it's a synth score, and it's just John Carpenter. Right. That's his style. But there's a lot of synth score to that movie. But there's nothing. As opposed nothing. to this, which is silent. Oh, I mean, it's so much... It was just creepy. And the phone ringing. So creepy. Because you're just waiting for the phone to mm-hmm. ring. So they could try to... And Was this the original, the call is coming from inside the house? You know, honestly, I don't know if that's first or... Um, oh, what was the Carol Kane movie? I don't know. There was a... Well, that's a, that's what ends up happening. Uh, we watched this movie with this with the teenager, and it was very fun for him to be like, "Is this what they had to do to trace a call?" Like, like yeah, physically run it back, right? You know, as a Gen Xer, like I remember, like it was just Star sixty nine. 
But, yeah, he was very, whoa, uh, that's crazy. Is that what a phone line used to look like? It was five years before, so when a stranger calls, which is, I think, what a lot of people think of when they think of the trope of the calls come from inside Mm -hmm. the house. Um, Is that movie? So this is 74, and that's 79. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I think... I, we talk, we talked about this off mic. It doesn't get enough credit. It's crazy. Black, Black Christmas did a lot to invent a the lot genre? of the genre, mm-hmm. and not not even that, but just kind of like reinvigorate parts of horror. Okay. And it doesn't get talked about a whole lot. And I think the one thing I definitely want to talk about, and I don't want to do the disservice to this movie of not discussing it, which mm-hmm. is most later slashers, like. There's this thing of, let's get some kids. We'll make them, like, just stereotypes. Yeah. And then we're going to throw them out there, and then they'll just get killed by Jason or Freddy or whatever. And then the kids are coming for the kills. Right. In this movie... There's a... They're all, very all the characters, characters. ...are lived, and mm-hmm. they feel like real people. And there's definitely... And I think misogyny gets thrown at slashers a lot in the 80s and yes that is not an unfounded accusation but in not in this cases. do you think that's why it wasn't it's not talked about as much is because it's a female driven cast and it's you know like a canadian i don't so was this like a hit oh this was huge in canada like this was Just like the third here. or fourth no it did well here but it did gangbusters in canada that's crazy and because, I mean, it kind of set up a ton of imitators. Yes. Of which Halloween's kind of one of them. Right. Um, but arguably, for a lot of people, Halloween is the better film. I can see that. I, it's better acted. And... I could go either way, depending. I think Halloween is more fun and more rewatchable. I think Black Christmas is scarier. Yes. Um, but, Ugh, I say that. Uh, like, I Olivia mean... Hussey. Let's just look at her character for a second, right? Okay. She's running around this movie... And we don't even know until about halfway through that she's the female lead. Right. Like Again, like, we think it's Margot Kidder. As we start whittling away the women in this, this sorority house, right. we're kind of like, oh, it's going to be her or Margot Kidder. And Margot Kidder gets blackout drunk. <laughs> yep. And they're like, take your ass to bed. I bet that happened in real time, too. Loki did. Okay. Um, and then they make her go to bed. And then once she goes to bed, she's out of the movie until yes. she gets killed. Like, And then it's Olivia Hussey's movie. And Olivia Hussey, the as a character, she's like, I'm seeing Kier Delea. Uh, I'm pregnant. I want to get. I'm gonna get. A, she's not, I don't. I want to get. She's saying I'm going to get an abortion. I'm just telling you this, so you know. And he's like, spends so much of the movie of his screen time trying to convince her not to get an abortion and telling her like she doesn't have the right to do it. And she's like, No, I do. And then his solution is the old timey. Well, let's just get married. Like, I'm going to quit school and we can get married. And she tells him in what is one of the most interesting lines ever in a slasher, where she goes, you don't understand. When we got together, you told me you wanted more than anything to be a concert pianist. And I had hopes and dreams, too. My hopes and dreams have not changed. Yeah. So I will not be marrying you. (laughs) And I'm also not having this baby. Yes. Which, right after... Kind of Roe v. Wade. It was uh, this head-on, not even a discussion. Like, 
It is what it is. I wasn't even going to tell you. We're done. There's none of the later slasher tropes of like the, the weak screaming woman who falls when she's running, right? Or something that's lobbied about Jamie Lee Curtis's right. character, which is she stabs Michael and then she throws a knife down. Yeah, that's... Like, this movie, if nothing else, Olivia Hussey's like, they tell her, you need to leave the house. Yeah. He's upstairs. And she's like, fuck. Okay, I'm going to go get my friends upstairs. <laughs> like, yeah. she's remarkably uh, brave. I kept screaming, no, absolutely not. You deserve whatever you get. <laughs> also, to the cops. part of me inside appreciates any time a character in a movie refuses to comply with the police. Mm-hmm. I'm like, in it to win it. Fuck those cops. Except for John Saxon, who is fun, amazing. <laughs> so all the characters are like interesting and realized, and they feel like real people. Yeah. Even if this movie does set another precedent of having... 20 and 30 year old kids play like late teens and early 20s <laughs> like Kirtalea is 38 I mean, that's, I mean that was the time like look at Greece you know they were all clearly in their 30s and 40s playing teenagers and it was just kind of yeah the time they, they weren't giving teenagers roles I guess I don't know yeah I would not watch this with the 11 year old absolutely not and this would be a good movie if I think it would creep out the 75 year old. But this is a movie she could follow. It has a very straightforward plot. <laughs> you could follow this. We believe in you. Right. Uh, you want to hear some trivia about this? Yes, thing? I do. Tell me about this. What we got? So, according to Bob Clark, the director, the original script for the film featured murder scenes that were way more graphic. And he felt that it would be more effective if the murders were toned down and kept subtle on screen. And then the writer agreed with him on that because they're like, let's make them kind of realistic and not like these crazy artistic set pieces because they went for the tone of like, this is really happening, right? Okay. Next. And I think that works. Yes. Um, so the film is regarded as being one of the first slasher films, along with, like I said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, A Bay of Blood, which is 71, Psycho, and Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom is super fucked up. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, Bob Clark, though, hated the term slasher and was like, it's a psychological horror film. It's not really a slasher. Yeah, it is. There's Um, not a lot of blood. Um, The one scene, yeah, it's kind of, eh. But it's definitely a psychological horror for sure. Yeah. And the original title of the movie was Stop Me, and Bob Clark liked it, and they were like, no. (laughs) It's Black Christmas. Okay. Uh, the the phone calls, right? Were made. When they were on set shooting them, Bob Clark, they would pick up the phone and he would just say the lines off screen. Mm-hmm. And they were way tamer. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like he was just, and they were having to like act big to him saying like the scripted stuff, which was apparently very tame in comparison to the things that were said. (laughs) And then when they saw the movie, they were like, fuck, that guy's talking about shoving his tongue up my pussy. Like, (laughs) It's a little crazy. Yeah, and then all the voices and all the craziness. Um, The film does have a huge cult following, right? And it did make a ton of money. It was panned by critics, but it's it's been reappraised. Um, This movie is reportedly... Elvis Presley's favorite Christmas movie, or at least it was before his passing. <laughs> uh, he died in 70s. three years after it. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, 
his family still watches it every Christmas. Oh. And they're like, oh, Elvis loved it. Um, Interesting. So there you go. And you mentioned Kier Delea. He only worked on this movie for a week, and he never met Margot Ketter, Lynn Griffin, Art Hindle, or really any other cast. Um, he only really met John Saxon, Andrew Martin, and Olivia Hussey, because those are the only people he appears in scenes with. Oh. So they just brought him in for like a week. So Yeah, and he doesn't get any, you know, uh, there's no speaking roles, his face isn't seen. It's just like a cheap little bit of money. Yep, and all the snow was apparently fake, at least outside of the house, because they had a remarkably warm, like, winter when they yeah. were shooting originally. And they had to make all the snow themselves. Okay. Kind of like foam and whatnot. Accidentally. Well, it's too warm. Um, so apparently Olivia Hussey chose to do this movie because her psychic told her it would be a good idea. <laughs> How often do you okay. hear that? Right? She's well, like, you should take this movie. It will be a hit. And it was. Yay. Say, and... On the flip side of that coin, Margot Kidder said in an interview that she thought the film would never be a hit, let alone probably never even be seen. Mm-hmm. So she just did it for the money, showed up, <laughs> insisted on being drunk for real, Yeah, oh, did God. her shit, and was like, got a dip. And then she, years later, people were like, Black Christmas, and Black Christmas, Black Christmas. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She had no memory of it. <laughs> like, no, she was just like, Why? people care about that movie? Yeah. Like, that's a thing. Uh, um, the sorority house was a real house. Oh yeah, talk about this. Yeah. Um, and it, they rented it for the production, and some of the scenes in the script had to be slightly rewritten to accommodate the house's foundation and structure. And it's still there; you can still go cool. visit it. Like, it gets a lot of tourist action, apparently. Okay. Um, and it does well. It's ba- apparently based off of a real serial killer. Yeah, so uh, is it the Alpha? Is it Alpha Chi or Chi Omega? Well, it's a, it's apparently inspired by some real life murders that occurred in Montreal, Quebec, during the holiday season. Um, Wayne Bowden, who killed three women in Montreal between October '69 and January '70, um, and then a fourth person in Calgary, Alberta, in '71. He was known as the, the. Are you ready for this? Yes. The vampire rapist. Oh, okay, why? I'm going to guess he raped and drank blood, is my uh, guess. Yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, we <laughs> we okay. talked about this movie being a lot of first or like early in things. This is actually the first um, seasonal slasher film. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, so Christmas. So we would have, are you ready, like Black Christmas, right? Right. Which later we, we have Halloween. Halloween, right? Friday the 13th, prom night, Mother's Day, graduation day. My Bloody Valentine, yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, and April Fool's Day. <laughs> oh, I didn't know about that one. Yeah, April okay. Fool's Day is fun as hell. Um, so, Kier Delea actually was not the first person they offered yeah. that role to. They offered it to Malcolm McDowell, and he turned it down. Oh. And he really regrets doing it. Interesting. Yeah, and okay. I think Kier Delea does a really good job, mm-hmm. but I would... Yeah. Really like to have seen Malcolm McDowell in this yes. movie. Yes, yes. Um, I think this is a piece of trivia where our love of things combined. Yes, they did. So in 1986, Olivia Hussey met producers for the film Roxanne. Okay. Since they were interested in casting her for the role, 
Um, her co-star, Steve Martin, met her and said, oh my God, Olivia, you're one of my all-time favorite films. <laughs> and she thought it was the 1968 Romeo and Juliet. And she was super surprised when Steve Martin was like, Black Christmas, <laughs> I have legit seen it 27 times. <laughs> well, wow. That's cool. <laughs> so... There's so much trivia to this movie. This movie Fun. is so well regarded. I really liked it. It's much. Um, it's, it's man. It's a ride. It's crazy, but it's good. I will say that there's the rumor. I don't know how true it is. Mm-hmm. That well, first of all, the original ending of this movie. Before we get into the rumor, okay. The original ending of this movie um, is the proposed idea was to have the cops leave Jess alone with Chris, Claire's boyfriend. She wakes up and says, Agnes, don't tell him what we did. Then he kills her. And then Clark was like, no, we're going to change that. Yeah. Like, we're going to leave it ambiguous. Okay. Like, where the phone rings 13 times, especially, like, 13 times on the dot. (sighs) Um, So that's a thing. But the rumor, and the thing I've heard... And I believe there's a special feature where Bob Clark himself tells the story. But again, I don't know how true it is. Okay. It could be someone adding to their myth after the fact. Or it could be very true. I'll leave yeah. it up to everyone to decide. Disclaimer. But Bob Clark said that he met John Carpenter. And John Carpenter at that point had probably only made Dark Star and was either had getting ready to make a Solomon Precinct 13 or had just made a Solomon Precinct okay. 13. And he had said to Bob Clark, you know, I love Black Christmas. What what would you have done if you'd done a sequel? And, and Bob said, Clark said, well, I would have had it pick up on Christmas night, and I would have had Billy get arrested by the police, and then I would have cut to the following Halloween, oh. and he would have escaped from the mental institution and went back and started stalking the girls at the sorority again. And I would have probably called it something like Halloween. And Joel Carpenter's like, okay, like, so you're not going to make that movie? <laughs> oh, damn. But again, I don't know how true that is. So it, okay. that could be a it's, thing it's where... substantiated as of yet. Bob Clark is just at, was adding to his own myth, right? Okay. Of like, well, clearly Halloween was inspired not just by how I should, how I made Black Christmas, but, like, I directly basically told John Carpenter the story I would have done, and he used it, and it's cool. Um, okay. okay. So I'll let people decide that on their own. That's just a little interesting little... Little nugget there. Yeah, make of it what you will. So uh, next week... Nothing. That's nothing. So December's uh, my birthday month, and I get to pick the theme, and so my theme is that we take a month off. Except for Christmas. Except for Christmas, because it is the end of the semester for Josh, and it is uh, birthdays and holidays, and uh, I don't want to be bogged down by scary movies. So that's the concession we've made. So? Well, I think we let it slip last week. Mm -hmm. The plan originally was, because we were doing, like, friend gatherings, Friend and family gatherings for November. Yes. And I was going to do Krampus. Right. But Krampus got pushed to Christmas proper. Like we swapped Black Christmas, which we were going to do for Christmas. Because um, that really beautiful Scream Factory blue of Mm -hmm. 
Krampus with the director's cut comes out next week. And so that's what we'll be watching. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I don't want to watch like the theatrical cut if I get the director's cut. Like, I guess we'll just wait. It's cool. Um, so here we are. It's all right. We'll see you then. I- I'm assuming you like this movie. I did like this movie. This is I a, did. This is a really good movie. Like this is a solid scare movie. Yes, this movie right. scared me. I like it a lot. I do. The it, more I watch it, the more I like it. It scared me in a fun way, but also in a real way. You know what? It just scared me. <laughs> All right. Oh, you, you want to archive it? Is that a thing we can okay, do? Okay, we can. Uh, action, yes. Revolutionary, we just found out. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> orations, uh, yes. There's a lot of random little lines from this movie. Fellatio 608 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. She gets the cop to... <laughs> That Cindy's favorite. Damn it, Griffin. Cindy's favorite character in this movie is John Saxon's partner, who mm-hmm. just laughs at everything. <laughs> he has no lines. He's just laughing. He just laughs at everything. Yep. Like Felicio, like six oh two or whatever, and he's just like laughing about it. Yeah. And then later, when the cop gets shot in the ass with a shotgun, <laughs> he's just laughing about it. Funny. <laughs> he only exists in this movie to laugh at things. I liked it. I appreciated it. Killing, yes. Fantasy. I mean, apparently not. I guess. These things could have happened or did happen or based on something that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, then, but I, I would say the two Fs are a little. And then fornication. No, not really. Other than the abortion talk. There's no, and there's no like nakedness or anything like that. Yeah. The two Fs, it kind of falls off, but otherwise it, it fits. I think the closest we get to fornication is. And I think that. Okay. You get some Margaret Kidder boobs. In the bed when she's like rolling around. Oh yeah, but you all. Um, I think that it doesn't follow the Arkov. Goes with this is not a slasher. This is a psychological thriller. You know, I think I can't, that that's why. Oh well. Well, everyone, from all of us here to all of you out there, wherever you are, we'll see you next year. Well, we'll see you for Christmas with Krampus. But until then, Merry Christmas. Black Christmas. <laughs>